Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio, dear friend. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and I have to say the best gift God has given me in my aging years is the opportunity to talk with people who have life stories. Today, our guests are Roger and Kathy Meir. And because it's very difficult to have two people on the interview, we will speak mostly with Roger's wife, Kathy. But Roger, you stay close because you do have the emotional part in your heart, and we want to hear that. Kathy, share with us a little bit about your family. Do you guys have children and grandchildren? And Yes, we do. We have two grown sons and uh, beautiful daughter-in-laws. We have five grandchildren and a great grandson that is three. Oh my <laughs> goodness, is how keeping fun. me busy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're a blast to be around and it's so refreshing to see them leave, isn't it? <laughs> yes. You're exhausted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, but he is a lot of fun. But yeah, you're right. When mommy comes, he's all hers. <laughs> yes, that's the truth. Your husband has a very special birthmark on his right arm. We're going to talk about how he was assured by his birth mother, Ruth, that you were her son. You, Roger, were her son. Why did she feel she needed to do that? Was she forced to a place for adoption? What are the reasons for that? Yes, well, she told her story to Roger, and then I wrote it down. What she was saying was that Back then, because that was in 1949, this awful thing happened to her, and she became pregnant. And what they did then, they would take you to a rescue center, someplace where you could have that baby, keep it quiet, and then you would have the baby, and and you would give that baby up unless the parents could take care of it. And her parents weren't financially able to do that at the time. And so that was really her only choice. She was being obedient to her parents, and at her age, she couldn't have done it on her own to keep this baby. So she really had no other choice. You know, that's very unusual to hear today. I don't think many of our listeners really grasp what that was like. But the fact that you had been, your your mother-in-law, excuse me, had been in a very bad situation, a, a rape situation. And when that happens, anyone who, who decides to carry to term is amazing because it's like right. you're, you're going to be looking at someone that is the result of half of a person who brutally attacked me. And so I think... It's amazing to me that she allowed that to continue through the pregnancy. But I also know yes. that right now, people would run to get an abortion under those conditions for the most part. So the beauty of this is who Roger is now and who's he, who he is with you, Kathy, and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. So I'm just so blessed by the fact that she chose adoption and loved her son, but knew she couldn't handle that. Right. When she had to give him up, 
what was the situation in her heart? Has she shared with you? Did she share with you what was going on in her? Yes, she shared a lot of what was, I always wonder about, and she didn't, I didn't get this part of the story, but when they took her to the rescue home in Columbus, Ohio, which was miles away from where she lived, and she was there as we, as Roger and I understood, as she told the story by herself, we're not sure how long until she had him. So here is a little 16 year old girl by herself without her parents and having this baby. So she was there by herself, but she, her parents were God believing parents. They went to church. She believed in the Lord and in and so she said what she turned to was just the Lord. She would pray to him that this would all turn out. She couldn't figure out how it would turn out, but she was praying that it would all turn out. And that's why I think this is such a redemption story that Ruth has, because God did redeem all of those years for her. But we here on this earth would think, no, there's no way. There's just no way. But as you read and you see all of her story and see how it goes through and how our family, how we have been blessed with her courage to carry this baby and believe the Lord would redeem it someday, the gift that she gave to us, we can't even, we can't even begin to tell people what that gift is. When I look at my daughter-in-laws and my grandchildren and my little great-grandson, and how they've expanded and gone, none of that would have been. I don't know where I would have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kathy, one of the things that I, I want to reveal to our listeners, this was not just a rape to Roger's mom. It was a rape by three people. And the abuse that went on there would have been torturous. Yeah. And so what I want to say is, even in the worst, and I'm tearing up as I talk with you now, even in the worst of situations, we're not talking about punishing the people who did the wrong. We're talking about moving that to the person that is in the womb. And that person didn't do anything wrong, you know? And so I love the fact that our listeners today are hearing the story, Roger, of you, and the story of the fact that your mother was willing to give birth to you as a 16-year-old who had gone through horrible things. And yet, there's you, and there's you and your beautiful wife, Kathy, and on and on, which makes me smile. So... Your husband has a very special birthmark on him. Tell me about that. Yes. Ruth was able to hold her son for one afternoon. She said she had him the whole afternoon. And of course, what any mother does, they check their baby from head to toe. But on his right arm, he had a huge red birthmark. Well, being 16 years old and, you know, she asked the nurse, what is wrong with my baby? Is there something wrong with him? And the nurse assured her, oh, no, no, he's a healthy baby. That's just a birthmark. Well, Ruth said as she looked at him and she thought to herself, you know, pretty soon I'm going to be giving him away. 
and I don't even have a picture of his little face except what I can remember in my mind, but I have this birthmark. He's got this birthmark on his arm, and I won't forget that. And so that birthmark was so important to her because she said when it came time for the adoptive parents to come, she said, I remember praying that they would be good parents, and they were. God answered that prayer. Roger had very good parents, adoptive parents. So that prayer was answered, but she prayed that someday she would get to see that birthmark again. She just wanted to see the birthmark. And she said, she told us when, after she got home, and she didn't know where Roger was. He could have been sent state miles and miles and miles away. As it ended up, Roger lived just within a mile radius of where she lived, which she didn't know that. And of course, he didn't know anything about that. But she said she would go into stores. And if he would have said, let's say, supposed to be two years old at the time, she would start looking at arms. She said, I was constantly looking for the birthmark all her life as she grew and got older, even when he would have been an adult, she was looking for birthmarks on that arm. She never found it at that time, but she just kept looking. So wow, that birthmark was instrumental to her. Absolutely. And it's instrumental to this story. And we're going to have to take a quick break, but come right back here at Choose Life Radio. Joe will be back in a moment to continue this week's inspiring interview. First of all, to our family of friends and financial contributors, Thanks so much for your generous financial support these past few months. We met the match, and contributions continue to arrive. And to those of you who made your very first contribution to Choose Life Radio during the challenge, a very special thank you. You helped push us to the goal. But now it's February, a time when many think about chocolate, Valentine cards, and love. And too often, I'm afraid, in that order. For those of us who live in colder climates, we're already counting the weeks and days till we see more sun and daylight than not. One of the things that happens in January, February, and March is that contributions tend to be smaller and less frequent, especially to media ministries. And that's understandable. Most of us spent more money on Christmas presents for family and friends than we had planned on. So the first couple of months of the new year, we spend playing catch-up, and one of the items we put on the back burner is giving to our favorite charities and ministries. And that's why your special gift right now would be most helpful. Your gift of 50 or or $100 or more will be helpful to ensure that Choose Life Radio continues on this station to share stories of the heart. And Jill and I believe stories, like the parables Jesus shared, can be instructive and help change attitudes and lives for the kingdom. So your gift today is important. You can send your gift today through the online portal at chooseliferadio.com. Push the donate button and make your gift online. That's chooseliferadio.com. Or you can send your gift to Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio, 44735. You are the one who makes it possible to share the value and sanctity of life on this station. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I am so glad you're with us today for this amazing interview with Roger and Kathy Meir. Since we recorded these interviews, we can share it with you and your friends and family by going to chooseliferadio.com. All of the interviews that we have done over the years are there. 
You will be able to hear this powerful interview that you're experiencing today, and probably you're going to want to share it with someone who has also adopted, because it is a powerful reminder that life is so important. Kathy and Roger, again, I thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Roger, your mother wanted to find you because part of her was missing. She believed that God had a plan to reunite you with her. And 47 years later, what took place, Kathy, for Roger? Well, 47 years later, Ruth said that there was still just a hole in her heart. She had married and had five beautiful children and grandchildren, and she loved them and they had a good family, but she still had a hole in her heart for this little boy. And she kept praying, and God did have a plan. Ruth told her story to a friend that just happened to know the adoptive mom. So this lady was an acquaintance of both mothers, actually. So as she told her story, the friend said, well, you know, she had a friend that about that same time went to the same rescue mission in Columbus, Ohio, and they adopted a little boy. And Ruth thought to herself, could this be? Could this? There's so many similarities. How could this be? Could this be? And she thought, maybe, maybe it is. And she was so excited. So she asked the friend that knew both mothers, but she asked the friend, could you set up a meeting for me and this man so that I could find out maybe this is my son? And so the lady did. She set up a meeting in her home for Roger and Ruth to meet for the first time. And that was on October 9th, 1996. They went into the home together and she said, Roger and I had some small talk, but she just couldn't wait. She said to Roger, may I please see your right arm? Can you roll up your sleeve and let me see your right arm? And as he started to roll up that sleeve, there it was the birthmark that she had remembered in her mind and memorized in her mind. And she ran over to him and she held his arm and she cried, my baby, my baby boy. She knew without a doubt that God had brought them back together because it was the birthmark. She didn't have a picture of him as a man or anything else, but she had the birthmark. And she knew this was her baby boy because God had marked him. He had put a mark on him, and Roger says, now you know I wear this birthmark with pride because I know that God needed to mark me somehow so that someday, even years and years later, my birth mother would know that God had brought us back together. There was no doubt in her mind that God was faithful. I can't imagine what that uniting was like. What that moment was like, yes. What was it like? Tears? Smiles? Hugs? I did not actually go to that meeting. Roger and Ruth went, so it was just he and Ruth and then the one lady that was a friend. And she left, though. She left for them to have their own time together. But Roger said, yes, there were tears. (laughs) Tears and hugs. Yes. Was your birth mother a believer by any chance? Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Okay. She said she always believed that someday God would let her see that birthmark. 
And so I think about that when we think, oh, why isn't God answering my prayer? Well, she said she wondered at times, is he going to answer this prayer? But she said she kept believing, and he did. He did. Ruth wrote a beautiful poem about her experience. Can you share that poem? Can you read that poem? Do you have it by any chance handy? Yes, I do have it here, and I would love to read it to you. She titled it, Nobody Knows. Nobody knows what a mother goes through when she gives up her baby so tiny and new. Nobody knows what lies ahead, sometimes a life that the mother dreads. Nobody knows the hurt and the pain of not knowing if she will ever see him again. Nobody knows how it feels to know that time does not heal. Knowing your son is somewhere out there, not knowing what his parents will share. Nobody knows how a mother longs to know her son and to see how he's done. Nobody knows if you'll ever meet the son you gave up when you were weak. Nobody knows what joy it is to hear those words, I forgive you. Nobody knows what God has in store. He gave me my son and a whole lot more. Nobody knows how happy I've been to meet my son and start over again. Only God knows that this was his plan. And now with joy and love, we are both in God's hands. So still you walk in this mother's shoes. You'll never know what she's been through. And this was written by Ruth in September 23rd of 1999, after they had met. Oh, what a blessing that is. I can imagine that Roger really treasures that poem. It's a beautiful poem. And for someone to be able to write that (laughs) and have it available to them, it's just really a great thing. What a gift. What a gift. It is. It is. And Roger's adoption family has been okay with this? The others that he's met, the brothers and sisters, are there, are there more? Yes. He, he then met all of his siblings. And there were a couple that, I think because Ruth had her mother, for, and I'm not sure why, but it said, you know, we don't talk about this. We're not going to talk about this. And so she didn't. She kept all of this to herself, and she really didn't start to look for Roger until after her husband had passed. And then she got all the kids together and told them the story and said, I'm going to go look for this son. And so when she found him and brought the kids together, there were a couple that were a little more standoffish, I guess we would say, at first. But the others embraced him. And now as time has gone by, that has all come together. And it took some time. I mean, you know, the kids, his other siblings, didn't know any of the story. And so it took them a little time. But they have come around him. And some of their children now have actually this story was written because the one daughter or the one granddaughter said, you know, I never really heard grandma's side of the story when this all happened when she was young and she wanted to know. And so that's why we kind of wrote down the story so we wouldn't forget Ruth's story and so they could pass it on. 
Kathy, one of the things that is so touching about this is, first of all, that Roger's there with you, and we love the fact that he's a part of this interview. But I know it's hard. I know it's hard to communicate sometimes, and you're doing a really sweet thing for him right now. One of the precious things about this is the people who might hear this considering abortion have a great picture in their mind of someone valuable who has all sorts of love and kisses from children and from great-grandchildren. All the way down, you cannot see the future if you're not willing to walk through the tough times. Right. And she had a lot of tough times, but it was so worth it. So she married and had more children, obviously. You said six, I think? She had five children. Roger would have been the sixth one. Yeah. Okay. And those kids, some of them are friendly and some of them are not, but <laughs> but it, it, he's been able to get to know them and have the pleasure of those who are excited about realizing there's another brother here. That's wonderful. Tell me about your faith in all of this. How has God touched you and your husband together with this experience? Well, I think, as, especially as we started writing everything down, we were seeing how God is so faithful and how He has a plan for your life. I teach Psalm 139 to our fourth and fifth grade girls at church every year. We do that. And I tell them, you know, God has a plan for you right from the very beginning. And as we were writing this story down, I thought, I can almost imagine God as he's creating Roger and making him just the way he wants him to be, saying to him, okay, little one, there's going to be a mark on your arm, but this is for a reason, and someday you'll know. And Roger says it wasn't like when he was in school, kids would make fun of the birthmark. But they would say, what is that? Did you get burnt? And all these questions, you know. And he kind of wondered, you know, I wonder why I was born with this birthmark. But as years went by, we could see God's faithfulness as he grew. And then as we got married and we saw the whole story unfold, we could see that, yes, God had an amazing plan for him. Had he not been born, had he not had that mark on his arm, so much of the story would never have been told. And God had a plan for Roger and Ruth before either one of them were even walking on this earth. And God just has a beautiful, amazing story for everyone. Sometimes we just don't see it right away, but if we can be courageous like I think Ruth was, I think she was the most courageous lady I've known. <laughs> But she was courageous, and God says, be courageous and bold in his word. He says that. And Roger and I, through this experience, we fall back on that because sometimes we have good days and sometimes we have bad. But when those seasons in our life that aren't so good, we think back at this story. No, we're going to be courageous and bold. We're going to ask for God's guidance, and we're going to go with it. And then the good seasons come and the bad seasons, but God is faithful and God is good. And that's what we know through this story. Roger, we're just going to take just a minute with you to wind up here. But we want to talk about the fact that we met at an event where 
Rebecca Kiesling was speaking, and she's been on our show as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it was definitely a, an emotional time because we both shared the same story of being conceived in rape, and the fact is how many lives would have been changed if we hadn't been born. And that's the thing that people don't understand. Not only are you killing innocent babies, but the fact of the matter is there's so many lives that wouldn't be here. The babies wouldn't be born. And I can think of my one granddaughter who wrote about that fact. She had to talk about abortion, and she said that the fact of the matter is if her grandpa would have been aborted, she wouldn't be here. And it just affects so many lives, especially the innocent baby. That's very sage truth, and I am so grateful for your comments here as we end. And Roger, I'm speaking to you right now. You are such a man of quality. The things that you have been willing to share have touched a lot of hearts, including mine and my husband's. We have been very touched by you. And both of you, as you have carried your marriage through, have shown your kids and your grandkids what a gift it is to be married to someone who is also a believer and to soar through those tough times. Too many people today are thinking, ah, we'll just get a divorce. Ah, we'll just separate. And that's not what God's point is. God's point is you are one. You, too, are now one. And you have done a great job. So I thank you so much. And listener, I am so grateful that you check in with us at chooseliferadio.com. Right now, we're going to say goodbye, but I look forward to seeing you next week right here on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.